Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. No one. What's going on, Gator Nation? Welcome back to the Gators Online Show. No Zach Albaverde this week, but that just means we get Corey Bender in the hot seat. Corey, how's it going? And welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Nick. How you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. It's uh it's a busy time. For me right now, busy time for you with uh, recruiting, Uh, but we'll start with some football news. Florida gets a new defensive coordinator this week. Um, After Patrick Tony left last week, Florida initially announces uh, or officially announces Austin Armstrong as defensive coordinator. Uh, He will be the youngest defensive coordinator in Power 5 football in all of Division 1 football next year at just 29 years old. Um, Armstrong was a hot name. Uh, I was told after last season, uh, Kirby smart was talking to him and, and said, Hey, if Will Muschamp leaves, we're going to bring you in as sort of a defensive coordinator and waiting. That sounds great for the, uh, to, for a 29 year old to get a, uh, a job offer like that, or a potential job offer like that from, uh, a two-time defending national champion. Uh, he also had injuries from Oregon. And then Nick Saban hired him. So you get the Saban stamp of approval from Armstrong. And uh, he gets to Alabama and you last there about eight days before Billy Napier calls up and says, hey, how about instead of inside linebackers, you come be our defensive coordinator. Um, He's only been on the road for or or only been in Gainesville for a little bit. But uh, right now, recruiting will will be picking up. Uh, Has he reached out to any recruits yet, Corey? 
Yeah, he has. He's reached out to all the defensive commits. He's reached out to some of the newly offered targets, too. I mean, Florida's been offering a lot of kids in recent weeks. Several offers been handed out. So he kind of he wasted a little time, you know, kind of initiating those conversations, you know, trying to build those relationships. I mean, 2024 class is still very early. You know, we still have about, what, about nine months until the early sign period. So that's plenty of time. I think with these coaching changes, the, the hard part was the timing as far as the spring practice. Um, that's the tough part, the, the tough part, you know, on field stuff. But when it comes to recruiting, you know, there's plenty of time to kind of build those relationships. So I think overall, you know, the response has been good. They, a lot, I've talked to a few kids that said they love his energy, his passion for the game. Um, just, you know, how eager he was to get those kids on the phone. You know, they felt like priorities, you know, as far as like how fast he got on the phone with them. So um, all's trending up, you know, on the recruiting trail. It's going to take time to really manufacture, you know, those tight-knit type of relationships. But, you know, early on, you know, the response has been good. And uh, it's uh, it will be a little awkward, I think, uh, as for open spring practice on uh, Saturday at 11 a.m. The Gators will hit the field with two less coaches than they're allowed to have. Um, we I've been on the phones all week. I would like Billy Napier to make a decision so I can stop making phone calls about this. Um, on Wednesday, Napier had seven wide receiver coach candidates in the office for interviews. Um, I was told none of those uh, were hired at the time and three more uh, potential candidates will be in this weekend. Uh, get a chance to watch practice as well as get interviewed. Um, I, you'd like to have a full 10 on-field coaches, um, but I think there's a, a little, you know, uh, wink, wink. Uh, Florida has a lot of GAs and analysts and, uh, they won't be coaching during the 15 minutes that we're out there. Uh, but I'd imagine uh, they have enough people on the field during practice to uh, to make a practice go, Corey. I think especially a wide receiver. I mean, mm -hmm. I think a wide receiver, I mean, you saw when Kerry Colbert took the Denver job, he kind of gave assistant wide receivers coach David Doker that stamp of approval. Yeah. Um, I know he, he won another award. I think it was – 30 under 30. It was some type of award that he got a lot of recognition for. And I thought that was, I thought the timing of that was pretty interesting. You know, it was that morning when, you know, word got out that on three reported that Kerry Colbert was headed to NFL. And just around that time, within that same hour, you know, David Doker was getting a stamp of approval, you know, all over the internet. It was kind of like, Hey, if we do go with this guy, this guy's legit, you know, here's the yeah. awards and all that type of thing. And, um, and I've heard that from recruits too. He's active on the recruiting trail. A lot of the a lot of the wide receivers that have been offered in this class speak with Coach Stoker. So I think if I think on the field for spring practice, it's I don't think there's really a rush at wide receiver. I think they're comfortable with Doker calling the shots, at least for now. Or if they do promote them, you know, I think it's one of the guys you and I have kind of done our research on, you know, one of the guys that's under consideration. So I think that's definitely one of the positions where maybe Florida doesn't feel as rushed. I mean, you have Armstrong in replacing Tony. I think tight end is going to be the most interesting one as far as a coaching mm. search. Um, a lot of candidates that I think maybe some people aren't too familiar with, unless you're a, a, a overall college football fan. So sure. that's going to be the one that's going to be very interesting. And I think with tight end, Florida needs a really kind of hit on all cylinders when it comes to this 2024 cycle. I mean, they signed a tight end last cycle, but it was a Tony Livingston really signed two cycles ago, but he carried yeah. over. And he's kind of a raw playmaker. I remember when they initially signed, they initially recruited him under the damn mold staff. They liked him an offensive tackle. 
And that was at the very beginning. But as time went on, he plays basketball. He kept leaning out. They, they didn't mm-hmm. think he could keep on the necessary weight. So tight end this cycle, before Peebler took the Arizona Cardinals job, um, you know, there's a lot of tight ends in this cycle that Florida has been in the running for. And, if, and Florida's been near the top of the list for a lot of them. So I think that's going to be the position where, you know, Florida might need to make up some ground with whoever they hire at that position. You know, Walter Matthews, he's a six foot seven target out of Georgia. I asked him right when Peeler took the job, does this affect your recruitment? He's like, no, but, you know, he recruited me harder than any other school. Like that relationship was really strong. And a lot of some other kids said, hey, it does affect my recruitment. So mm. I think, I mean, wide receiver is kind of the more flashy position, you know, between that and tight end. Um, but I think Florida probably feels more comfortable deep down, obviously, because you have Doker. But I, that's tight end is going to be the one position I'm definitely monitoring the most as far as, you know, finding that new coach. And, and I think that tight end position is, as a tight end coach, you know, I, I, I like Tim Brewster, but I don't think Tim Brewster is a revolutionary X's nose coach. He did a good job coaching the guys that he had. And he was an assassin on the recruiting trail. I, I think especially in this Florida offense where you're going to have a lot of 12 personnel, two tight end sets, you've got. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Tight end, at least in 2020, was just an extension of the offensive line. Like, there's not much to coach there. I think Florida needs to get someone who is a great recruiter at that position. Um, I think I think Larry Scott too doesn't get enough credit for what he did with Kyle yeah. Pitts and and I get Bruce. I mean that's why when Brewster, I mean um, when Pitts won the award, they had Scott and Brewster, you know, in the same picture because I mean it just it wasn't all Brewster. Not even Brewster. I mean, hey, Brew Brew will tell you he'll take the credit for Kyle Pitts. He'll, yeah, and, and, and Brew put Pitts on his resume. Yeah, and I and I kind of went on on Twitter when all that went down, saying that hey, Larry Scott deserves a lot of credit for the development of Kyle Pitts. And it's just funny how that all worked out because I know when they had Felipe Franks, he didn't really target Pitts that often. It was really the Kentucky game when Franks unfortunately went down and Trask came in, and all of a sudden Pitts became a top target. Like they had some type of chemistry from practice. It's almost like. Pitts and Trask benefited each other as far as how far they went in the draft over their career at Florida. Um, but And that's the thing, too. I know Brewster's – obviously, he's at Colorado. I had a, Someone told me recently that he kind of was one of those coaches that inquired about the Florida job, like now that's back open again. and um, But, you know, he's happy at Colorado. You know, they're doing big things under Deion Sanders early on, at least on the recruiting trail. Um, but it, it's fun. Brewster has that reputation for being a good recruiter, but – when you look at his time at Florida, I mean, there was a lot of guys he didn't close on, you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of, you can bring him in as a big name guy, but I just don't know how that would really sit with the, with the fan base. If you brought Brewster back for a second stint, what do you, what do you think the response would be if they brought him back? Um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of the fan base that thinks Brewster's washed, that, that his best days are behind him. Um, I, I think I, and maybe they're right. I, I don't know. Because, you know, if you look at his list, when he was at FSU specifically, um, 
his list of the recruits that he landed. I mean, he got Dalvin Cook to troll Florida for months and, and then go to Florida State. And Dalvin Cook might be one of the – Dalvin Cook's on the – probably the Mount Rushmore of Florida State football players in, in the history of their football program. Um, so he's shown that he can recruit, but can, are you still connecting with kids at this level? Um, how much does NIL change recruiting and, and what they can do? Um, so to me, uh, I, I wouldn't think, I just don't think there's many sexy names at, at, at tight end. So it's a familiar name and fans might like that, but also because it's familiar and it wasn't great, you know, I don't give him much or any really credit for Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts came in, I remember. And then, uh, as a tight end in the first spring practice, I go out to, he's playing wide receiver. And I'm like, what, this is a waste. Like he's not. He's not a wide receiver. Um, and I think that only benefited him, um, you know, in his route running um, and, and footwork when, once he moved back to tight end. Um, but I think Brewster uh, would be a good hire. I don't know that Florida's talking to him at all about it. I think that might be one-sided uh, in terms of in terms of interest there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Florida's going to go into open practice Saturday uh, with – two less coaches than they should have. Well, even going back to what you're saying too, though, with recruiting, it's like you can get these big hires there. Well, coaches, they have a good resume when it comes to recruiting. Yeah. I just don't think, I mean, recruit, I mean, you're always going to need good recruiters, but the whole NIL factor, I feel like has just changed everything. I feel like from recruiting from A to Z, I mean, you need those relationships to kind of jumpstart, you know, that relationship between the school and the kid. But when it comes down to signing and say, if you have four schools, that are somewhat hovering in the same spot. It's really comes down to, okay, you know, not every kid, but a lot of these big name kids, the NIL factor. So it's like, I feel like you need the good coaches there, you know, the good recruiters to kind of jumpstart everything. But it's like kind of with Corey Raymond. I mean, really a lot of people were like, like if it wasn't for NIL, you know, when all that, Part of me thinks Corey Raymond, he gets Cremonti McLean, you know, in previous classes. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of – I mean, that was just a whole roller coaster when it comes to that whole thing. I know Miami – I mean, and kudos to Miami too, man. I mean, a lot of people – I mean, we got – we got – everyone in the media kind of got destroyed because no one um, had him going to Miami. You know, every single analyst, every yeah. prediction had him going to Florida. But that's what you do and you kind of – I mean, that was the vibe all across the country. But then when NIL kind of enters the picture and stuff gets rearranged at the last second, it's hard to really put those predictions on those five-star kids now because it could change within, you know, the last hour or two, you know. So it, it's it's interesting, man. So they need to get a good, recru a good recruiter at these positions. But NIL, I feel like that's just the game changer when you're at a school like Florida. Yeah, and uh, they keep saying it's going to be uh, a positive for Florida. We're still waiting to see that. Um, I think once you get to Florida, you're looking at all these tweets and things um, online, and Florida is uh, taking care of the guys that are on campus, but then you look at how many guys are uh, going other places, I, I guess you could say. Um, but also with recruits too, though. like A lot of these big-name recruits are getting bigger from – reportedly, you know, getting bigger yeah. deals than some of the kids on the team. Like, how does that work with locker room friction and, 
hey, I've been here for I'm a two year starter at this school, but this kid's coming and hasn't proved anything, but he's getting way more money than me, you know, because it's recruiting. So it's, there's so many factors at NIL, which I, I find so interesting. And, you know, five years from now, where are we going to be with that? So it, it's definitely one of those things that's going to be every year. You kind of have to monitor it. Hopefully we're in a, a better place in five years. <clears throat> I want to move on to something else, Corey. Um, uh, on three announced this week, a little shakeup to the ranking system. Uh, previously, uh, all four major sites, ESPN, on three rivals and two, four, seven, uh, we're weighted equally in the on three consensus. There is no more on three consensus. Uh, what do what is the change and what do the people need to know about how on three is doing rankings now? Yeah, so now it's the on three industry ranking and now it's on three and two, four, seven. You know, they have the highest percentage of how they weigh the rankings at 35 percent apiece. You know, Rivals is at 20 percent and then ESPN's at 10 percent. And I think. um you know, I work. I I worked at three of these places, so um, I have nothing but great things to say about all of them. But I know with ESPN, um, when it comes to Under Armour games and stuff like that, when they send out the media stuff, they refer to ESPN's rankings, which is fine. You know, like you said, there that's who they're kind of linked with. But when it comes to day to day rankings, it's kind of hard because they don't really have analysts on the road anymore. So I think that was kind of the proper move to kind of kind of bump down the percentages a little bit. I know on three, I mean. The rankings, I mean, you see from our database how much they're pouring into it. It's, it's amazing when it comes to, you know, all the from the NIL, you know, from the NIL evaluations to the rankings. I mean, it's so advanced. So obviously, on three is right up there. And 247 does a great job as well, rivals too. But I think right now the percentage is how it's weighed out. I think it's perfect. I think there was a lot of people in the past when it came to when it was equally weighted, you know, maybe – three of the services have one kid in a specific area of where he's ranked. And then the other one is kind of just up or down and it would kind of really fluctuate that overall ranking. So I think now I think you'll see a more um, accurate stance of where all these kids stand, you know, when it comes to these big name kids. So um, definitely a big switch when it comes to the ranking system and something I'm definitely happy they did. I, I think it was one thing that they've kind of on through discussed for a little bit, you know, the back channel, something they wanted to do and, um, I think right now it's probably the most accurate ranking system you can go with. 24-7 composites is good, too. Yeah, I mean, they're, both of those are, I think, very accurate. and They both represent a recruit, so recruitment very well. What is what is the makeup of 247's composite? Are all three – do all three get 25% or do we not know what the makeup is for the composite? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I believe it's weighted equally I, I believe i could be wrong on that now you said that i know the composite i think i think it's equally weighted i could be wrong though um but i think i know from what i know with the on threes i think they're the only one that's basically weighted different percentages like that i'm pretty sure 247 I'm, i think they include espn I, I could be wrong though and what did this uh i guess new formula do to florida's 2024 signing class I think the biggest thing is DJ Lagway. I mean, he's a five-star now in the industry ranking. Um, 
Yeah, I know fans. He dropped 14 spots in on threes rankings. And like I tell all fans, it's super early. These rankings are going to change, you know, four to six times again over the next year, all American games and all that. So I want to read too much into it now. We we know how much you think these things change. But um, I think the biggest, yeah, for sure, was Ladway getting his fifth star. Um, and, and the thing is with me, when I do my stories, I – I, I try to refer to both rankings. You know, if, if a kid's with on th- if a kid with on three is a five star, but he's a four star in the industry comparison, I'll uh, I'll, I'll really lean on the on three ranking because you know he's a five star there and a four star in the other one. But I try to include both so people have a, a good view of really where the whole industry sees a kid. Uh, but you know, I know him and his family are definitely very excited now when we put out the tweets or any story to write on him and it says five star instead of four star now. Um, and the other ones were they're all about the same, you know. Miles Graham and um, Darius Hayes, they're both ranked fairly high, they're both in the on 300. Chauncey, Chauncey Bowens, um, we'll see where he lands on three, um, bumped him up almost 180 spots total, um, mm-hmm. in the on 300 ranking. So he's on the rise, big time running back down at the Benjamin School in, in uh, West Palm Beach area. Um, but we'll, <clears throat> we'll, we'll see. I know 247 and Rivals are going to be redoing their rankings here soon, so. We'll see how much that really changes the industry ranking because we're the first ones to change them as far as right now. So the industry ranking with all all the services, that might change a little bit because rankings on their end are about to come out. All right. And then uh, <laughs> we're going to get into a busy week uh, weekend. We already talked about practice uh, and Corey's going to go over the recruits and commits that are, in cam- that are coming on campus this week. Uh but this segment is going to be brought to you by Vitamin Energy. You can see me sniffling here, and uh, <laughs> and I'm going to take one of these Vitamin Energy immune shots uh, on air. Hopefully, uh, you know, all these late nights I'm having at baseball, then into this, Corey, uh, <laughs> that this immune shot ha- that will help me. Um, we've I've been loving these Vitamin Energies. Uh, it gives you seven hours of energy. Um, it's a naturally caffeinated shot with green tea extract. There's no chemicals there's no jitters no crash uh and uh no sugar so for me these are great and uh we'll, we'll see if zach likes his i think he took some of the some of these on his cruise with him but Corey, big list we'll we'll, st- we'll start with dj lagway the gators quarterback commit might already have a uh, an apartment on campus the, as many times as he's been here uh, i'm sure he's looking forward to seeing that florida miami baseball series as well and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that uh, in a different segment, but Corey, who do the Gators have coming on starting with DJ Lagway? And then who are some of the targets? I think the, the, uh, the biggest one you have to mention is Jonathan Daniels, a kid out of Pensacola. Um, he's now the number one offensive tackle with on three in the 2024 ranking. So he's a kid, very fluid, long arms, explosive out of his stance, um, plays defensive line too, has a really good get off. And I think it's a guy that just oozes with that long-term potential, a guy that could be, yeah, I mean, like you said, his frame, he's a former tight end, too. So he's a guy who has a fairly lean frame at 275 that can really fill out nicely over the coming years. So having that, Florida just offered him a few weeks ago, which I thought it was kind of surprising they waited so long to offer him. But at the time, he was not ranked. He was a top 50 player with on three. But now, like you said, very top-to-line five-star player. So he's a guy I think Florida, you know, they need to get some big name offense alignment in this class. They did well last cycle too. Roger Kearney was an Under Armour American, but getting a lot of these kids in the last cycle were more interior guys with the versatility to bounce out to tackle. 
With Daniels, you have a guy who's a pure offensive tackle who you can kind of be a guy you can lean on over, you know, as a multi-year starter. Um, you also have Mario Craver. He's a four-star wide receiver out of Alabama. Um, very explosive guy. Um, you know, track kid too. Very slippery in the open field. Just one of those slot playmakers who can really make defenders miss. Um, you also have, you know, as far as Josiah Davis, he's a kid out of Georgia um, who's just offered. He's been kind of under the radar. Um, a guy that, you know, his offer sheet, I mean, Florida tracked him for the last year or so. In this past year, he had 22, he had seven kickoff returns for a touchdown, 24 touchdowns overall, but Florida likes him in the secondary. So he's a that's guy a, that, he's a kid. That's a wild even, stat. Yeah, he's not even ranked right now. He's a kid that's under the radar who's just been climbing. And I know in the next batch of rankings, he's a guy I can see become a blue chipper. So you have him and then B.J. Gibson. That's another on 300 wide receiver um, that will be visiting this weekend. It'll be his first ever visit at Florida. So I, I think with a lot of these kids, you know, some big-time wide receivers obviously coming in this weekend, it'll be interesting, like you said, with no receivers coach as of right now. Um, both those guys have been in contact with David Doker, though, so there is some familiarity with the staff. So it'll be interesting, man. This should be a good uh, a good group, about a dozen kids coming in. And one quick, other – Quick question to jump in there, though. Yeah, yeah. No wide receiver coach, but obviously you've got David Doker on staff who, who is talking to them. Is it more important to have DJ Lagway there, the quarterback, than to even have a, a coach? Because as you see every single offseason, coaches are going to change. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing too is at a school like Florida, I think it's pretty it's expected that you're gonna get a pretty quality wide receivers coach. Um, and the thing is too, you I mean, even if David Doker doesn't get the job, he's gonna stay on staff. I mean, bearing any major surprise. So and then you know, DJ Lagway, like you said, he he's you want if you're a receiver, you want to be paired up with a big time quarterback. Yeah. You're gonna be there for all three to five years, you'll be on campus. So having Lagway in this weekend is also big. Like you, you said perfectly. I mean, it's one thing visiting, knowing that DJ Lagway's committed, but being able to meet him, him kind of, kind of giving, you know, giving his thoughts on the program and what maybe he's hearing behind the scenes that maybe we're not. Um, either way, you know, I think, Hey, you're going to be taken care of. If you go to Florida, we have a lot of talent coming in. So I mean, like I know before, it's still so early, you know, a lot of these relationships, a lot of these kids are visiting so many schools and, this will be the first time having face-to-face -face interaction. So there's a lot, like you said, not having a receivers coach, obviously it would be ideal if they had one, but sure. I don't think it's going to make a huge factor. It's going to play a huge factor with these kids visiting. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Looking at the rest of the list, um, who sticks out to you, Corey? And um, could Kai Greer get an offer this week? Yeah, I think he's a guy who can get an offer. I mean, you know, Kentucky's a school after him. He had Louisville. He has some Power 5 offers. Um, you know, Florida's been another kid. Florida's been kind of tracking from afar. I think this is one of those things they want to see him in person, measure him, see how, you know, where, where his weight's at and stuff like that. Um, Fahim Delane, he's another kid. He's one of the top safeties in the country up in Maryland in the 2025 class. 
um, Florida offered um, about a handful of kids from that school. Um, Aaron Childs is a linebacker at that school. He's officially visiting in the summer. He's an All-American linebacker. So it's up there in Maryland. I know when um, when Florida went up there in January, they offered all their star players. So with Fahim Delane, you know, he's the number, number three safety in the country, top 25 prospect overall. So getting these kids on campus, especially when they're so far away, you know, good counsel is one of the best, one of the more powerhouse programs in the Northeast. So it's good to get these kids down on their own dime, build their relationship, speak to them face-to-face, and hopefully, you know, with, with Fahim's situation, he's – almost two years away from graduation. So hopefully you just keep getting them down on campus. Kind of, like, kind of like what you did with DJ Lagway. Get them on campus early, build that relationship, and hopefully it's enough to kind of convince the kid to move all the way down here for college and you get an official visit and kind of just put all the chips on the table. You've had some good players from there. Uh, Joe Hayden's from around that area. Um, and Tease, Jalen, I don't know what he's going by now. Jalen Tabor, he used to be a Detroit Lion. What's he going by now, Corey? I thought it was just tease. I think I think you tease. said it right. Yeah, I thought it was tease. tease. All right. Well, I covered him and he was Jalen. That's how yeah. old I am now. But yeah, no, you're right. Detroit Lion. I was excited when we made that pick. Um, but I think with Florida too, though, like Florida during March, they're really and I, I've kind of echoed this too with Florida staff. Whenever they have these off season periods where they can host kids, like last year was last, it was last summer. Remember, they hosted most of their official visitors uh, official visitors mm-hmm. in June. They really like when it's recruiting time. It's recruiting time for the staff. Yeah. Like they, they really take advantage of every weekend that's given to them. Um, even with the um, when it comes to contact period, you don't see like you don't see coaches visit kids on the weekend that much. And I remember you know Monday through Friday you'll see them dropping at schools. But I remember even with Kobe Collins, they're in his house like on Saturday night. So this staff is like you know when it's time to recruit, they they step up. They make use of every day they can and. Not even just this weekend, all the other weekends in March and up, you know, into mid-April, you have kids coming in and multi-day visits, a lot of priority targets. So, yeah, if you're a Florida fan, this is definitely the time to kind of tune in for recruiting. That sounds almost like you're saying uh, there's recruiting season, Corey. Yeah, unlike Dan Mullen, who (laughs) who didn't think it was recruiting season. Well, that uh, it's going to be a busy week, Corey. How's the dead period worked? And and tell fans what the dead period was when what we're in now and and what uh, is coming up, uh, you know, until summer. Yeah. So all every, every year after sign day in February, it's, it's so weird now because most kids sign December, but you still have the February sign day, but you know, right after February sign day, the following week, that's when you go straight into a dead period where there can be no in-person visits on or off campus. You can still text kids. If you're a senior, if you're a junior going to your senior class, Obviously, communication can start as far as texting September 1st of your junior year. So you can still text kids, um, you know, DM with those kids, FaceTime, but no face-to-face interaction as far as in-person can happen. So, you know, after that second sign day, it's pretty just, you know, communication from afar, building relationships. But now that it's March, um, it's basically, um, you know, it's, it's the dead period has been lifted. Coaches can't, can't, coaches can't get on the road. That's the evaluation period. That's more in April. You know, that's when they're on the road, going to spring practices, seeing kids up close, kind of just like, you know, that's where a lot of offers hand out. You, you go on the road, you build those relationships with different coaches and at high schools. But right now for the month of March, it's only prospects can only go to the um, to the campuses. So that's why Florida, you'll be seeing so many kids going to campus and visiting Florida, the Georgias and Alabamas of the world. So. Um, coaches are just on campus, welcome to get, you know, get as many kids as they can to see the school and all that. So it's a busy time. 
All right. Well, yeah, there's no one better covering Florida Gators recruiting than Corey Bender. Uh, make sure you're following his updates as the Gators get into spring camp this week. And that means plenty of guys on campus. Uh, we're going to jump into a break here. And after that, we're going to bring you back with Adam Lichtenstein, who is the Miami Hurricanes beat writer for the Sun Sentinel down there in South Florida to preview the Florida Gators and Miami Hurricanes top 25 baseball matchup. What's up, Florida fans? Wanted to encourage all of you to go check out RogueShop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, and or anxiety and stress. Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC, edibles, smokables, and vapes, as well as handcrafted bath salts, soaps, candles, massage oils, pain creams, and topicals. Rogue Shop is a true small business, disabled, veteran-owned, black-owned, woman-owned company. They have five employees and make all of their products with their own cannabis grown in their manufacturing facility. Visit rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E-S-H-O-P.com. Welcome back. I'm happy to be joined by a longtime friend and ga- <laughs> almost say Gators beat reporter. That's a, a whole nother lifetime ago, Adam, uh, at the Alligator. Uh, Sun Sentinel writer and Miami Hurricane beat reporter Adam Lichtenstein. Well, once upon a time, Adam was a Gator uh, 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 undergrad, and uh, that's where we met. Adam, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me. And yeah, a lot of good memories in the uh, the McKeithen, McKeithen Stadium press box. Um, fewer good memories in the uh, Ben Hill Griffin press box. Uh, the year I covered the team, they were four and eight. So I think a lot of people <laughs> would rather, rather forget that. Um, uh, bad news for you, Adam, uh, in terms of uh, Midtown, the buildings that uh, the buildings that occupy or that Balls, Salty and Grog occupy were sold to a developer. Um, I think the days are numbered for uh, one of my favorite watering holes, Salty Dog. Yeah, RIP. It just seems like I, mean, I haven't been back in four and a half years since 2018. And, and even then, yeah, even then it was like, I was, I was going through, uh, around town with like, with my wife who was also a UF grad. And we're just like, what, what is this? What, There's no, where, where, where are we? Yeah. Where, where did that vacant lot on like the corner of 13th and university go? There's, there's a building there now. Like mm-hmm. there's a target right around the corner from campus. Like kids these days have it too easy, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just Gainesville. It changes so fast. Um, it really, it really is crazy. And yeah, a lot of like a, you know, RIP Burrito Brothers, like, you know, uh, every, you know, everything, all my, you know, Leo's, uh, I went to Leo's on the, on the corner of like 13th and, mm-hmm. and university a lot when the alligator office was down there, um, ripped to the, the alligator office, uh, dearly departed. This, this segment sponsored by nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're, we, Adam's here to talk about Florida and Miami. We got a little no before you go segment here because, uh, listen, I was at the game Wednesday. The announced attendance was 4,400. I think they were counting uh, fingers and appendages. But this week, all the reserve seats for Friday and Saturday are sold out. Can't get a seat uh, a seat back. That's 7,000. Uh, and the, the parking lot's a little small. So the general admission is going to be tight. Um, you can still come to the game uh, come to uh, Condren Ballpark and try to get some of those general admission berm tickets. Um, but just so you know, it, it's going to be uh, a tight, a tight squeeze uh, getting into uh, Condren Ballpark. I, they might try to take the fire marshal out to Embers, 
get him a nice steak dinner, keep him away from the field as they try to pack some people into the outfield there. Uh, but it should be an electric atmosphere on Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday for the series recap. We are doing our anti-rain dance Saturday. It looks terrible um, in Gainesville on Saturday. Uh, so hopefully they get the, uh, the game in. Um, but let's get into the game. Florida is coming off of a one-on-one midweek split with the JU Dolphins. The bullpen faltered uh, again, which is becoming a theme. Bullpen faltered on Wednesday um, in a loss to the Dolphins. The Canes are also coming off of a loss to a really good FAU team. And uh, I think a lot of Casual fans might see, oh, they lost to FAU. That's embarrassing. It's like, ah, well, you know, FAU 7-1. They're a really good baseball program. Uh, JU also, good baseball program. There's just so much talent inside the state of Florida. Uh, we brought Adam on to talk a little bit more uh, knowledgeably than I can about the Miami Hurricanes. Adam, what happened on Tuesday against FAU? Well, really, uh, the biggest problem on, on Tuesday, the, the bats were fine. Ian Farrow, who's a transfer from FGCU, I think went five for five. Um, it was just the pitching. And that's kind of been the story of the season, the early season so far, is that when the pitching is good, they're good. Um, and when it's not, they struggle. Um, ben Chestnut's a transfer uh, into the program, and he had uh, a bit of a, another rough start on, on Tuesday against FAU. Um, I think, you know, but he probably won't see him this weekend because uh, he's a midweek starter. But he got off to a rough start, and then, Miami was just kind of trying to get their way out of that hole from the start. And Miami's had a good, uh, a good season up until that point. Uh, we're just ranked number 22. We'll see. Uh, depends on what they do this week. If they will stay ranked. Uh, Gino DeMar has done a really good job taking over for a legendary coach. Um, what, what do the Canes look like on the bull or not the bullpen on the mound in terms of Friday, Saturday, Sunday starters? Uh, well, through the first two weekends, they haven't announced their starters for this weekend yet. But um, Gage Zeal was the starter, the Friday night starter, the last two weeks, uh, and both of those starts have been rough. Um, first start, you know, opening night against Penn State, his first career start in college. He was a middle reliever last year uh, or a late reliever last year. Uh, and he just kind of got hammered early, like Penn State was all over his pitches. Really, you know, not not the not the start you want, you know, in front of a packed stadium on opening night. Um, then he comes back against Dartmouth last week, uh, has another, you know, rough start to the game. I think gave up four runs in the first two innings. Settles down, gives them five total with like uh, four earned runs, which, you know, is not horrible, horrible. Like he didn't get, you know, pushed out of the game in the, you know, with the third inning or anything. But um, not ideal for your first two college starts, he, I think he's got an ERA, you know, uh, through two games uh, of like 11 something, which is not, not ideal. Not, not ideal. No. Um, <laughs> but after, after that, their pitching has been pretty solid. Um, Carson Liggins in his sophomore year, he was, he was pretty impressive, especially early last year as a freshman, um, really entrenched himself in the weekend rotation. Uh, he's been the Saturday starter the last two weeks and put up two, two pretty good performances. Uh, and then Alejandro Rosario has been following him up. Uh, you know, as a Sunday starter, and he's also, you know, had a couple of good games to start the year. At the plate, it looks like uh, Yo-Yo Morales is up to his normal tricks. He started in all nine games, hitting 422, uh, or 424, excuse me, with four home runs. Um, really fun player to watch, Adam. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's definitely, like, I mean, I started covering the team last year, and everyone was raving about this guy. Uh, you know, coming off a great freshman year, and he didn't didn't disappoint last year. Mm -hmm. And come, you know, he's back. 
for his uh, junior season, and he's a Golden Spikes watch list guy, you know, preseason All-American, like, all the hype is there, and and he's lived up to it. Like, um, I was joking with someone in the press box on opening night, uh, you know, he's joking, oh, you know, Yo-Yo's going to hit this whole, get a, hit a home run, uh, 110 off the bat, 410 feet, something like that, and he didn't. He had a double, and I checked with um, the SID down here, Josh White, and I'm like, just curious, how like, he laced that double, how hard was that? And he goes, 113. Like, <laughs> Dude hits lasers. He's a, he's a great player. He's he's good on defense. Like really an all all around really really good player. Who are some of the other guys? I know there's CJ Kafis, Zach Levinson is leading the team hitting. Um, it's hard to hit. Uh, not for not for Zach Levinson, fourteen for twenty eight on the year. Yeah, I mean their lineup's been really really good so far. Uh, I like CJ Kafis a lot. I actually covered him in high school. He's a he's a mm-hmm. South Florida guy from Palm Beach Central. Um, he's a really solid first baseman and kind of rare for first baseman. He, he gives you speed. Um, I think he stole, if I'm remembering this right off the top of my head, like uh, 16 bases last year. Uh, I don't think he has one this year, but he can run. Uh, then you got, and I mentioned Ian Farrow, who mm-hmm. has some has some really good pop. Uh, got also a bit of a slow start in the first couple weeks, but like I said, went five for five the other night. Um, Blake Sears, a freshman uh, who can really hit the ball hard. He's got three home runs already through, you know, two weeks of college ball. Uh, and then, yeah, Zach Levinson's been out of this world so far, hitting 500 with a, a 1,500 OPS. Like, he's got eight walks already, so, you know, you know he's got a good eye. Like, three homers. Like, this team can hit. Like like I said earlier, the pitching is what's going to make or break the team, but they can hit. If you look at this Florida-Miami series, the way the Gators have been uh, pitching, specifically out of the bullpen, um, Kevin O'Sullivan is almost – at a loss for words in press conferences. He's like, our pitchers on the weekend will go at least six innings. And then we have a closer. He's like, we're literally just asking for four to six outs. And, and we can't find somebody in the bullpen to give us those four to six outs. Florida needs to figure something out in the bullpen. When you look at this Miami lineup and you look at this Florida lineup, we might have some football scores this weekend because <laughs> both teams can really swing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Hurricanes bullpen um, has been pretty solid so far. Uh, they at the back of the bullpen, they got Andrew Walters, who you know, flame throwing closer, you know, debuted in that role last year and was an all American in it uh, after taking over for Carson Palmquist. Like back of the bullpen, kind of the same thing, locked down. Um, they've got they had some you know, good performances so far out of the pen. Uh, I like Chris Sinta, uh, another guy who I covered in high school from Terra Vela. Um, he's been really solid in four appearances. Uh, Carlos Lequerca has been solid, Ronaldo Gallo has been good. Like they've got they've got guys in the pen. I, you know, I wouldn't say it's like a lockdown, you know, if you got to leave and the starters out, it's over, but it's been, it's been solid so far. And it'll be a big weekend, uh, with, with the bats. Um, I'm interested though, to see how Florida's, uh, starting pitching does. They've been lights out, but you haven't really faced a tough opponent yet. Um, Charleston Southern was picked to finish seventh in their conference on the weekend, Cincinnati finished finished pick sixth in their conference. This will be the first true test for Brandis Brote, Hurston Waldrip, and then Mr. Do-It-All, Jack Caglione. Um, so I'm interested to see how Florida's starting pitching, who has been great, does against a better lineup. Adam, uh, last thing, I'll get you out of here. Not baseball-related, um, uh, but I'm reminded as my in-laws or future in-laws and my parents are coming up, there's a bridal shower this week. I need a piece of advice as a married man yourself. Uh, help me out. Keep me, uh, get me to the altar and, and keep me married. Um, my biggest advice from 
wedding planning, uh, do as much as you can. I mean, like for me, I like looking at things like, um, you know, flower, the decoration, stuff like that. I'm useless. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm useless. I'm like, I'm like, whatever you like, I want to be like, whatever you like, I have no opinion. But from what my wife would tell me, like, that doesn't, that's not always helpful. Um, <laughs> because she doesn't want to just pick out what she wants. She wants to talk about it. Um, so try to be, yeah, as useful as possible, as helpful as possible. Um, you know, sometimes I'm not, I told my wife this, so it's no, no surprise to her. I'll fake an opinion. I'll be like, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely that one. Like I, I love I, that. Like, yeah, it's great. And just to, you know, make a choice, not leave every, to not leave all the mental load, you know, for planning the wedding, uh, on her. That's, that's my biggest advice. Um, even if you're, you don't have a strong opinion on something, pick something. It's such she's asking, you know, um, that, and just, you know, be there for support if she's upset. Like another thing I learned just, uh, you know, being with my wife, um, it's not always about giving advice or finding a solution. Just sometimes about just listening and hearing her out. Um, that's very important. So I'm just like, sometimes like, like, yeah, I, I totally understand that. That's, that stinks. Like I'm, I'm here for you. You know that I'm here to support you. So that's my, that's my big, my mo the best advice I can probably give. I'll, I'll try to take that. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to take that and hopefully we make it to the altar. Uh, but we definitely are having the bachelor party. Of course. Uh, very important. Win or lose. We still bachelor party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank Adam for coming on the Gators online show, Florida, Miami, six, six thirty Friday, 2 PM Saturday and a nooner on Sunday to, to close out the series. Make sure you like subscribe, hit that bell. Give your notifications. For Adam, I'm Nick. We'll see you next week back in the saddle with Zach Albaverde. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if you're first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE 
N Y or text Hope N Y in New York.